Hello, sports fans, and welcome to another edition of Yesterday Sports on the Sports History Network. And make sure to check out sportshistorynetwork.com slash giveaways. I have two signed books I'm giving away. One is titled No Nonsense Old School Weight Training, and the other is Reliving 1970s Old School Football. They're generally the most prominent objects on the football field, standing as giant guardians at each end. The goalposts of our modern football fields reflect the ingenuity and resourcefulness of our pigskin patriarchs who just wanted to play ball and use the materials they had available to engineer goalposts that would fit the bill. Timothy P. Brown of FootballArchaeology.com joins us today to chat about the recent tidbit of broaching the shape and the makeup of the goalposts from yesteryear. And Tim has out more coming up in just a moment. This is the Pigskin Daily History Dispatch, a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis. Your host, Darren Hayes, is podcasting from America's North Shore to bring you the memories of the gridiron one day at a time. So as we come out of the tunnel of the Sports History Network, let's take the field and go no huddle through the portal of positive gridiron history with pigskindispatch.com. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal for positive football history. And welcome to another entertaining episode where we go to go back in time of football antiquity with Timothy P. Brown of footballarchaeology.com. Tim, welcome back to the Pigpen. Hey, Darren. Good to see you and hopefully... Like a field goal attempt, this podcast will be all good. I hope so. Let's keep it between the pipes and, you know, <laughs> over the bar, you know. <laughs> so, 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 Tim, uh, I think that's a great segue because we're going to talk about one of your tidbits that you wrote recently on the shape of the goalpost pass. Now, that's really intriguing. You know, you can't think of uh, too many different shapes for a goalpost, but uh, you bring up some some good points in your your post that uh, love to hear about. Yeah, um, well, you know, actually, in the earliest days of football, they they used goalposts that were rugby, like the rugby goals of the time, that were you know same width as they are today, um, and the the upright only stuck up about a foot above the above the crossbar so early on they really did have a little bit different different shape and you know in rugby the ball was and in soccer it was went under the crossbar but um so the, but th- this tidbit was really not so much about the specifications uh as it was just the you know the c- kind of the nature of especially smaller town teams and you know the early days when people just you know they kind of did the best they could in trying to construct, you know, some goalposts. Um, and so, you know, I've written things like this in the past and, you know, shown images, but, you know, so, so, you know, the, I showed pictures of like old, you know, little small town teams where nobody had, you know, they had shoulder pads, but they were homemade, you know, grandma made them or, you know, they were made out of like gingham or fabric and stuffed with who knows what, you know, corn husks or something, you know, um, they're just cotton balls, you know, scraps, whatever it was, um, you know, homemade headgear. Um, 
you know, a lot of times the little teams would have this mishmash of uniforms. Like they'd all try to wear something blue-ish or red-ish, but that was as close as they got. And then, you know, obviously uh, ill-fitting uniforms. I mean, even as a kid, we had those. It was like, you know, hmm. you know, it, you're, it'd go down to your, you know, pants go down to your ankles sometimes. Um, so anyways, the same thing happened with goalposts. And so, um, you know, there were, uh, well, I should also say, you know, on the fields, I, you know, shown things in the past with crooked lines, yard, yard lines that were chalked and they're crooked or they're missing. They're only every 10 yards foot high, you know, foot high grass. Cause they just didn't mow it. You know? <laughs> and then obviously muddy fields, collapsing bleachers, um, and, you know, really nasty looking press boxes, just little shanties atop the top of the stadium. So anyways, you know, not everything was as fancy as, as we have it today. So that was the case with goalposts and kind of over the years, you know, somewhere along the line, I'd noticed one or two and it was like, okay, I got to collect up some of these and, you know, just kind of pay attention and look for them. But so there's some instances, um, you know, that readers or listeners can, can click on the link and go see them. But, you know, there's somewhere, um, you know, the the goalposts and at least the uprights for sure were made of timber, not even lumber. So, you know, there might have been a pine tree nearby, and they just you know, chopped down the chopped down the tree and <laughs> you know lopped off the branches, and that became uprights. And while it was generally straight, you know, it might have a bend or two in there. Um, there were other instances where the um, it was milled lumber, but either when they installed or by the time they took the picture, the, the uprights were no longer upright. You know, they're slanted in one form or another. You know, you, you know, who knows, you know, freeze thaw or something like that over a couple of seasons. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's over, you know, seven degree, degree angle, it's an 80 degree angle. Um, there's other instances where, you know, it's it's pretty good. I mean, it looks like it's upright and, you know, square and everything, but it's just made of scrap lumber. You know, you can tell it was like somebody was, some in the maintenance department was told to go build one of these things. And, you know, I just used whatever scrap two by fours they had laying around to do it. So, like, the crossbar would be made out of three or four two by fours kind of nailed or screwed together. Same thing with the uprights. Um and so, and then some of those would get a little jabberwocky, you know, over time. And then there's another one, the the worst one, what's actually at, at Davidson College, uh, where the crossbar, you know, is, you know, like anybody who's bought two by fours, you know, you you kind of you know, try to line them up and make sure they're true, <laughs> you know, they're straight, but you know, sometimes they're not, you know. So it, it, sort of, it sort of reminds me of my neighbor's uh, garage header on his fourteen uh, foot door <laughs> sagging like that. <laughs> so, so this one shows this. Uh, you know, it's I, I think it's actually two pieces of wood, but one of them's badly warped. <laughs> so you know, it's got a big bow on, bow in it. So you know, at least you know, the kicker had a better chance of making the field goal or the extra point than <laughs> than regulation would suggest. So anyways, it's just, it's one of those things where it's just kind of amusing looking at these images. Uh, but, you know, it just kind of tells you that these guys wanted to play football regardless. And they just, you know, whatever they had available, that's what they were going to work with, you know, stuff and ball, you know, 
stuffing soccer balls or something, you know, with rags or, you know, whatever <laughs> you do, what you got to do. Um, and so, and it's just, I mean, I just compare it to, you know, like I, I do a fair amount of driving around or at least, you know, have over my life and all, all over the country. And, um, you know, I see football fields, right. And I, I pay, you know, I've always paid attention to them and like, even in a dinky little town somewhere, there are football fields, you know, they've got some central school or whatever, and they got a pretty nice football field, you know, mm-hmm. and even the youth football fields, you know, look pretty good most of the time, <laughs> you know, <laughs> at least they're flat, you know, they're mowed. Um, you know, they might have, you know, the goalposts might be, you know, H goalposts made out of, you know, just plumbing pipes or whatever, but it works and it's straight, you know? So anyways, it's just, uh, we all have it pretty good. <laughs> it's, at right. least as far as uh, our goalposts are con- concerned nowadays. Yeah, I mean, this brings up so many memories of, you know, even my childhood. I mean, these pictures are, are awesome. So, folks, you know, go to the link and, and take a look at these. You know, the, the very first one has uh, sort of the, the trees that you're, you're talking about as the uprights. And the one is, uh, you know, it's it's fairly straight right at the crossbar, but it get about four or five foot above it. It sort of bends in. So I think if I'm uh, coaching that kicker, Hey, keep it just over the crossbar. That's your best chance. It's going to get worse as it goes up. But but I can, I can remember going out and playing like in the wintertime, you know, we were nuts. We'd take like a frozen nerf football and play out in a street, you know, with the snow packed on the street. And we would try to set up our field on the street. So you had, uh, uh, at each end, you could kick it over a wire. We and we would tie like take somebody's old shoes and throw them up over the wire, and you had to kick it between those yeah. and get it over the telephone wire or whatever. You know, so uh, you know you just make like you said, you make do with what you have, and you know, so you can play the game. Uh, but uh, yeah, these, these are are brilliant. Uh, some of these things, and you got a couple of the images where the uprights are only maybe a couple feet above the crossbar. So <laughs> good luck if you're an official on that one, you better have a good eye, especially a, a two yeah. man team yeah. like they worked back then. So, wow. So great stuff. Some great images <laughs> you, you found there and great research. So, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was fun gathering those up and I just kind of had to wait till I had a critical mass before I could publish them. Yeah, they said they're pretty, pretty great. But uh, you have stuff like this all the time. Each and every day, you have some some great pieces of, of football from years past and yesteryear that uh, you talk about and you educate people. And I'm sure you educate yourself with it. And you call them these tidbits. Maybe you could share with folks out there how they can enjoy your tidbits as well. Yeah, so uh, you know, best thing is just go to... Uh footballarchaeology.com um you got to put in the www to get there and then uh, uh so you can subscribe and then then you'll get an email with, the, with each day's uh tidbit uh alternatively you can uh catch me on on twitter or threads where i'm football archaeology and then of course you know you can just go directly to the site um or you can read it you know if you have a if you have the Substack app, you can find me on Substack because that's where football archaeology is published. So those are your options. All right. Well, Tim Brown, we really appreciate you educating us on uh, how the, they built goalposts back in the day and uh, how they played the game, you know, the way that they, the only way that they could. And uh, we appreciate that. Yeah. And we appreciate what you do each and every day. And thank you. And we'll talk to you again next Tuesday. Very good. See you next week.
That's all the football history we have today, folks. Join us back tomorrow for more of your football history. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics. Pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and don't forget the Pigskin Dispatch YouTube channel to get all of your positive football news and history. Special thanks to the talents of Mike and Gene Monroe, as well as Jason Neff for letting us use their music during our podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports History Network, your headquarters for the yesteryear of your favorite sport. You can learn more at sportshistorynetwork.com. Hey there, football fans. This is Ross, the host of the Pigskin Tales podcast. I just need a few moments of your time to talk about the host of the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, Darren Hayes. He's expanded the pig pen to search out information on the history of all team sports. It's a quest to find out about the competitors, teams, and places chronicled throughout athletic history through the uniforms and gear the participants used and wore. And he is taking you, the listener, with him on this educational journey to preserve sports history on the Sports Jersey Dispatch, found here on the Sports History Network. His newest podcast, called Jersey Dispatch, is all based on the jerseys that all the greats used to wear. You can find Darren Hayes and the Pigskin Dispatch podcast, as well as Jersey Dispatch, on your favorite podcast provider multiple times each week. So remember that, Darren Hayes, the host of the Pigskin Dispatch and Jersey Dispatch podcasts. It's found right here on the Sports History Network.